welcome to Get Your Goat. Another episode, yet another talk of the NFL Draft coming up a week from tomorrow. It's about to go down. In my last podcast, I covered the needs for every single team. Today, I'm going to do it more condensed. Today, I'm just going to focus on the AFC teams and what players they could draft based off of the needs that I mentioned in my previous podcast. And then also take in mind, consider when I mentioned these players, that these are players most likely going to be available to them at that spot. Uh, So some players you might feel like, oh, that might be a pipe dream for one. And to me, it's not sure, but I do have a variety of players and selections that teams could be looking at in the AFC for the draft. And not only will I be covering that, I will be talking about NBA, Steph Curry lighting it up, my top five teams in the NHL, some baseball news as well, as long as some other things I will mention as well at the end. So let's get started. Starting in the NFL draft, the Buffalo Bills. Based on what they need, these are three players that I think could really, really help them. Number one I have on my list that they should be looking at is Aziz Ojulari, outside linebacker. He is will improve this defense. They drafted A.J. Espenza last year. Uh, that was a good pickup, but he still needs more time to develop. This defensive line is getting older, people getting released. Aziz Ojulari is perfect, perfect edge rudge. He's that guy uh, played for Alabama. Or my bad, he played against Alabama. He was in Georgia. He was fun to watch. Uh, he can accelerate. He's fast. He's quick on his feet. Uh, pull blocks down. He's a beast. This is what the Bills need to help that pass rush out. This is exactly a home run pick if Aziz falls to them. I think would be really, really good. And he can don't sleep on him as well. Not only is his pass rush good, but also his rush defense, he can chase down running backs. But then I also mentioned the Bills could draft a running back to really open up this offensive game plan. So two running backs I had in mind were Travis Etienne out of Clemson and Najee Harris out of Alabama. Now, running backs in the draft, you never know where they're going to go, even if they're scouted high. Uh, we know Ezekiel Elliott, one of the highest running backs taken a few years ago. Other than that, uh, running backs seem to fall a little lower. But these, with the Bills' later pick in the draft, these two running backs, you know, Najee Harris could fall. I don't think he will, but if he's available, I also think the Buffalo Bills would be strong consideration to snag him. Uh, he is just a powerful three-down bruising running back. For Alabama, uh, running back of the year 
in college football. He did it all. Verbatide pass catching out of the backfield blocking. Najee Harris is quick on his feet. Not the uh, physical presence of Derrick Henry, but he is similar. Uh, very good. Very composed. Uh, definitely more of a north-south runner. Whereas then you have another home run hitter and Travis Etienne for Clemson, who was definitely much more versatile, much more agile. To me, kind of reminds me of an Alvin Kamara, where he can make certain cuts, catching, running. Uh, his vision with the football is unmatched. This would be another great pick for the Buffalo Bills to open up this offense. They have the receivers in place. They have a quarterback. That's can they have an established running game, or at least a running game to where we can throw screens and kind of other design plays out of the backfield to open up this Bills offense. That's why after the Bills, Aziz Ojulari, Travis Etienne, Najee Harris. Moving down to the Miami Dolphins. They have a lot of needs, even though they are very good. But this would address some of their needs. One, Kyle Pitts, tight end out of Miami. I mean, tight end out of Florida. And remember, the Dolphins have two first-round picks this year. So they could snag two of these guys. It's likely they can only get one as these are more high-end prospects. But Kyle Pitts would help out the development and growth of Tua Tagovailoa a lot. Uh, we need to see him take the next step. No Ryan Fitzmagic, Fitzpatrick in there to uh, ease and be there when times are rough. Uh, Kyle Pitts is built, is a wide receiver, but is a tight end. Uh, so he's versatile, can line up his DX, line up on the outside, uh, run a plethora of routes. He would help out this Dolphins off pass offense immensely. That would be huge the season he put up in Florida. Uh, but then if you want to go for more traditional wide receiver, you could get Devontae Smith out of Alabama. Friends with Tua Tagovailoa played together in college. Uh, Devontae Smith, wide receiver of the year in Alabama. He plays tremendously fast. Uh, his route running is probably, I think, the best in the draft. Great hands. Uh, again, pairing him with Devontae Parker, Will Fuller. Whether you get Kyle Pitts or Devontae Smith, I know you have Mike Gusecki, uh, but this would help out your pass offense. You also need a running back. I don't think Matt Breda can, is going to cut it. Uh, Miles Gaskin, any of them. Najee Harris is another one to look out for another Alabama player. Alabama running back to pair with this Alabama quarterback, Tua Tagovailoa. That would help out the Dolphins a lot, uh, especially, I think, for Tua, knowing that, to me, he is not the Patrick Mahomes caliber, but Josh Allen, where they can fling it 50 times a game, throw for 350 yards a game. I feel like he needs the running game to be established, open up play action, and then he can develop more as a quarterback. So Najee Harris can definitely do that. And then also they need help at offensive line. And P. Nice Sewell 
is the best offensive lineman in this draft. He's quick. He's big. Uh, six foot five, three hundred and thirty-one pounds. Uh, his blocking is exceptional. His ceiling is high. Uh, he springs back. He demolishes Ed Rushers. They can't get to the quarterback. That would be an excellent fit. The only thing is he did, had didn't play this year. He opted out due to the COVID nineteen pandemic. So missing a year, then going straight to the NFL. How NFL? Ready is he for missing that amount of time? But his combine looked good. Uh, he's explosive uh, for an offensive lineman. So that would definitely help out Miami as well. So Miami has a lot of options with two first-round picks. Kyle Pitts, Devontae Smith, Najee Harris, Pina Sewell. What about the New England Patriots? Well, I talked about quarterbacks. So here are three of them they could draft. One Justin Fields, he's a mobile quarterback from Ohio State uh, with the game-changing to that mobile quarterback uh, type of style. I don't think it's gone full-fledged Lamar Jackson, but definitely the Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, where you can scramble out of a backfield, uh, run east and west for 50 yards, then throw the ball downfield 30 yards. I believe Justin Fields has that capability. Uh he would fit really well in this uh, New England's Patriots offense, who also, I think, is a more poised quarterback, though, in terms of his accuracy and precision, is Trey Lance. I think he's an excellent quarterback prospect. I think if the Patriots are willing to make a trade, the trade should be for Trey Lance, not for uh, Justin Fields. If Trey Lance happens to fall for them, then... By all means, that would be great, but he is an accurate quarterback, very, very good. He's mobile as well. Uh, To me, he's going to be a star in this league, one to watch for out of North Dakota State, Uh, one the player of the year. All the guys that come from North Dakota State seem to do good. Let's see if this is the case as well. And then the third quarterback I have them selecting is Mac Jones out of Alabama. Now this is different than the two pre- previous quarterbacks I just mentioned. Is Mac Jones is strictly a pocket passer. Uh, in the combine, he had some uh, uh, accuracy issues throwing the ball downfield. Uh, we saw him in Alabama play under pressure. Yes, he had an amazing wide receiver court. But I think as a pocket passer, Mac Jones can be really solid. He's not agile, uh, can run. It's just do the New England Patriots want to take a risk on a sort of Tom Brady 2.0? Do they think he really has that high of a ceiling or not? But if the Patriots aren't in love with any of these quarterbacks, any of the quarterbacks on the board, they also have a glaring need at wide receiver. And I think Jalen Waddell out of Alabama, would be the perfect wide receiver for them. Uh, he's a man that can run the, so deep, so far. He's so fast. He can run the ball downfield. He can get open down the field. He's kind of that big play kind of guy, not only in the passing game, but also the kick return, punt return game as well. He's an electric player and for a team that is lacking wide receivers at all. They could use a home run threat with great route running as well, mixed in their great hands, 
uh, such as Jalen Waddle. Now, what about, finally, the New York Jets? With their pick, I think they're going one of two ways. Uh, I think they're most likely going to get Zach Wilson quarterback. No quarterback on this roster after the trade for Sam Darnold. Zach Wilson is the ascending quarterback after the combine looking at his tape from BYU. He was really good this past year, other than the one game against the Coastal Carolina. Uh, that one loss on uh, this late scheduled game that had this great atmosphere. Uh, but Zach Wilson is terrific. But for some reason, if another team decides to draft him number one overall and they get stuck second, Trevor Lawrence, another quarterback, I think they would be fine taking. Uh, touted as one of the best quarterback prospects of all time. Uh, we can see if that lives up, if he lives up to the bill or not. So the New York Jets, I think no matter what, are picking a quarterback here. Moving out of the AFC East into the North, the Pittsburgh Steelers, what do they need? Who would be fit on this team? Immediately, Najee Harris, the running back I mentioned out of Alabama, comes to my mind. Why? Well, they have no running backs on our team. James Conner left. You're left with uh, Blake Snell, who I don't think is going to cut it. So to me, you have an NFL-ready running back, Najee Harris, coming to you out of Alabama, who plays in a pro-slash-spread type system, who I think would fit well in this Pittsburgh offense where Ben Roethlisberger is aging. They need a running back, open up the play action, uh, feed him, you know, get him 200-plus carries a year, ride him to 1,000 yards, open up play action, see what happens. I also think a wide receiver would be beneficial for him. Yes, they have Chase Claypool and Juju Smith-Schuster, but they're not number one guys. Uh, why not draft Terrace Marshall? I don't think he's a number one guy at all, at all but he was great out of LS, LSU, had a great year uh, this past year, uh, played in seven or eight games before opting out. Uh, he played really well without Jamar Chase being on the field. I think this would also be a help to Big Ben or any other quarterback that comes in is to have another rookie wide receiver who can do really, really well. And then rounding out the Steelers, I think Zaven Collins, outside linebacker, again, another don dominant uh, force for the Steelers, Ed Rusher. Yes, they have uh, TJ Watt and... Uh, but, but Dupree left and Devin White's coming back, but he's injured. So you basically replace Bud Dupree here, uh, who can play the outside as well, uh, play opposite TJ Watt, and really have another one-two punch with TJ and Zavin, in which would be very, very difficult for opposing offensive lines to stop that combination. Moving on to the Baltimore Ravens. I think they need to draft a wide receiver here. Uh, they could draft an offensive tackle, but with the pick they have available, I think wide receiver would be the way to go. Yes, they drafted Marquise uh, Brown uh, in the first round a couple years ago. 
Yeah, it was a good pick. They picked up Sammy Watkins, but again, they don't have a true number one wide receiver. I don't think this pick will do it for them either uh, with how high it is. But Terrace Marshall, who I just mentioned out of LSU, would be really, really good for them. Uh, have another wide receiver to open up the game with them. But if not, Rashad Bateman out of Minnesota is another fantastic wide receiver. Uh, all pro his first two years. Uh, third year he was injured. But he is a really good wide receiver as well. Open up a pass game with Lamar Jackson. Now, Cleveland Browns, they addressed a lot of issues out of our in free agency. But guess what? There is still work for them to do. Uh, they still need an opposite cornerback, opposite Denzel Ward. I think Caleb Farley could be that guy who's kind of just, I believe it's him who said, or J.C. Horn, now I forget, but who's just a seatbelt that, you know, they got him covered. Caleb Farley is that guy. If you could fall to him, get opposite Denzel Ward. Uh, to me, this would really complete that secondary, fill up most of the holes on this defense. If not, Jamin Davis, a linebacker. They need a middle linebacker. They're good up front. I think having Jamin Davis, I know it's tough, especially for rookie, rookie middle linebackers to come into the NFL, adjust to the zone plays, the man plays. But I think he can do it and really uh, prove himself a valuable first-year starter and then really grow into another player. So there for the Browns, I like Caleb Farley or Jamin Davis. Now what about the Cincinnati Bengals with their high pick, Joe Burrow at quarterback? I think they could use Penny Sewell, offensive lineman, offensive tackle to project Joe Burrow. Uh, his offensive line didn't help him last year. Ended up tearing his ACL because of the pressure that got to him. This would be an excellent pickup uh, to protect your future star quarterback. That would be huge. If you don't want to go that route, you also need offensive weapons to, for Joe Burrow to throw the football to. Jamar Chase out of LSU is one I immediately think of. Him and Joe Burrow have a rapport together uh, with their days in LSU where they were teammates, won the national championship. Jamar Chase won the Belikanoff Award for best wide receiver that year. He didn't play this past year. He opted out due to a pandemic. But Jamar Chase is another electric wide receiver who had over 1,800 yards a couple years ago. But if they want to go with tight end route, Kyle Pitts is that athletic tight end who is a wide receiver in a tight end's body who can kind of do it all as well. So Bengals, it's offensive lineman with Panay Sewell, or it's wide receiver help Jamar Chase, Kyle Pitts. Moving on down to the AFC South, First off, the Tennessee Titans. I believe they need a wide receiver. Yes, they have A.J. Brown, but other than that, the depth there is sorely lacking. Yes, you run the ball with Derrick Henry, but trying to take strides with Ryan Tannehill, I believe Elijah Moore would be a great wide receiver for them to draft in the first round. He is another 
very fast target. Uh, Ole Miss uh, guy as well. Deep threat. Uh, played a little bit of kick return as well. He's your slide target with A.J. Brown being out wide. Uh, you can really give him, feed him a ton of targets. Uh, then move the ball up downfield with him. If not, I think Greg Newsom, cornerback, is an excellent one here as well out of Northwestern. Uh, kind of like that Darius Slay where he's long. Uh, he's long. He has the strength, though. He's His size is good. Uh, to me, he's more of a cover corner, uh, cover man, uh, than a, uh, you know, kind of press up on them. And then this NFL, I think he would fit really well with a team that needs cornerbacks. Indianapolis Colts, they got their guy. Carson Wentz or Frank Reich did. So we'll see what happens there. But Jalen Phillips' defensive end could really, really help this team out a lot. Why? Well, Danico Autry left the Colts. He was huge for them in the pass rush game. Uh, Their other one is leaving as well. Justin, uh, I forget his last name at the moment. Now I feel really bad. Uh, Justin Houston, there I go. One of the best pass rushers of his time is getting very old. He's aging. So to get that help would be huge to keep this great defense intact. If not, you also need to help out Carson Wentz. You need wide receivers. T.Y. Hilton's no longer, a, to me, a true number one. Marcus Pittman isn't either. So again, Elijah Moore. A deep threat, but also another comparable one to him, if he is available, would be Jalen Waddell. Uh, again, I mentioned his deep threat. Those are two very similar wide receivers. To me, this would open up the deep passing game with Carson Wentz. This gets him the help he needs, the help he sorely lacked with the Philadelphia Eagles. So the Colts would do well picking Jalen Phillips, Elijah Moore, or Jalen Waddell. Houston Texans, they don't have a first-round pick. So I will not be giving them any kind of help or advice as they trade their first-round pick away. Now wrapping up the AFC South is the Jacksonville Jaguars with my number one draft pick. And it's going to be a quarterback here. I've already talked about Zach Wilson for the Jets. That's where I think he'll go. Because number one, I think the Jacksonville Jaguars are picking Trevor Lawrence no matter what. I think that's the smartest pick in this draft. Uh, all the records he has coming out of Clemson, uh, the amazing things he did out of Clemson. Yes, I talked about his motivation, which was his public statement. Uh, he kind of retracted that a bit and kind of fixed that. Uh, no matter what, even if he's not a Tom Brady where he plays till 45 years old, it is that kind of level. Even if he plays, you know, 10 solid years in his NFL, does well for the Jaguars, I think that's all the Jaguars really could ask for in a team that has struggled to draft quarterbacks, develop quarterbacks, you know, even just sign quarterbacks that maybe have shown promise. Uh, They're hoping with Urban Meyer that this will be fixed. They have their guy in Trevor Lawrence. They need a quarterback. 
They have some of their offensive pieces there. They have a promising running back, up-and-coming wide receivers. Quarterback is the final touch. Jacksonville Jaguars need one. Trevor Lawrence is the guy for them. Moving on down to our final AFC division is the AFC West. Starting off with the Kansas City Chiefs. A year removed from winning a Super Bowl, losing it to the Bucks. What do they need to get back to the Super Bowl and actually win it? Well, to me, they could use a few things. Uh, Jason Owe uh, from uh, offensive or outside linebacker, my bad. They need an edge rusher to pair. Uh, he is fast. Uh, 4'3", 6'40", yard dash. He's 250 pounds. Uh, even though he, to me, reminds me of a Jadavian Clowney. Kind of doesn't have the huge sack production. He gets after the quarterback. Has tremendous upside. I think this would be great for the Chiefs to pair with their inside rush of Chris Jones to help this defense. If not, you have Tevin Jenkins, an offensive tackle as well. You need that. Could he fall to you? We don't know, but that would be excellent uh, for them to replace Eric Fisher. And then they also need a wide receiver. Yes, they have Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, but they also, to me, need a number two. I don't think Demarcus Robinson is a number two. I don't think McCall Hardman is. I don't even think Andy Reid views that as well as they are used in the kicking game, punt return game, and their jet sweeps if they do. But I don't think they trust them to run those routes. So Rashad Bateman out of Minnesota would be that legitimate two wide receiver punched in to really keep this Kansas City Chiefs offense flowing and going. So there you have the Chiefs, I think, getting any position of depth right there. Jason Oway outside linebacker, Rashad Bateman wide receiver, Tevin Jenkins offensive tackle. Now, what about the Las Vegas Raiders? Well, they could use an offensive tackle as well to protect Derek Carr. Elijah Vera Tucker from USC, I think, fits the bill extremely well. Uh, where they have lost a couple of offensive linemen, traded Gabe Jackson, lost, traded their center. Uh, you need to rebuild your offensive line, get it younger. He's a great candidate. Jalen Phillips, defensive end. Uh, they struggled immensely producing a pass rush last year. Jalen Phillips would help. Also, Quiddy Pay out of Michigan is another fantastic defensive end. A ton of size and speed. So to me, any of those two guys, Quiddy Pay, Jalen Phillips on the defensive end, uh, defensive edge to protect or to get after the opposing quarterback would be huge. Los Angeles Chargers, they have an interesting pick. They have their quarterback, but they need to protect their quarterback. So for the Chargers, Rashawn Slater, he's an offensive guard. Christian Derrissaw, offensive tackle. Either of those would go very, very well with this team uh, to protect your investment, protect the guy, Justin Herbert, who won Rookie of the Year. Uh, that is very very much of a need. But let's say a Patrick Sertan, a cornerback, the cornerback out of Alabama falls to you. I think you need that. 
uh, is your defense, I think, as solid right now uh, with Joey Bosa up front. But in the back end, I think you need a top dog like Patrick Sertan. So if he were to fall to you, uh, an all-around great cornerback can play coverage well, man coverage, zone coverage. He is, I think, the top cornerback prospect, or I believe he's the top cornerback prospect. So if he falls to you, Chargers, I think, have to get him. Now, for my final team is the Denver Broncos wrapping up the AFC West. Now, I'm not sold on Drew Locke. I've heard some rumblings if the Broncos are. Some have not heard the Broncos aren't. So if you're not sold on Drew Locke, I think you have to get Trey Lance or Justin Fields, both quarterbacks, both dynamics. Trey Lance, a couple of years ago, didn't even throw an interception, threw 28 touchdowns in zero interceptions. Justin Fields was on a big-time stage in the national title game, ended up losing to Alabama, but he's so tough, uh, played with his uh, ribs broken in the title game. So two tough quarterbacks, two agile quarterbacks, two fast and quick quarterbacks who would help out this team a lot is not that kind of mobile guy like Matt Jones, who I don't think they should get, especially after this Drew Locke experiment. But if they don't want to go that route, if they want to stick with Drew Locke, you could definitely draft Rashawn Slater, who is the offensive guard, to protect Drew Locke, open it up, because you do have Jerry Judy, uh, wide receivers to help him out. But this defense also needs help. It's aging. Bradley Chubb, uh, Von Miller. You address their secondary issues in the offseason. You resigned, uh, resigned your top safety, and you signed some cornerbacks. So Micah Parsons, linebacker, who can play both middle and edge, very versatile, would be huge for this Denver Broncos defense as well to kind of pair, learn from Bob Miller, Bradley Chubb. This would be a huge addition for the Denver Broncos. So there you have it. That's my AFC teams. Those are the players that I believe each AFC should be considering uh, that are in their realm of their pick. But that's exciting. I'll be talking about the NFC in a couple of days. And that's what I have for the NFL. Now moving on to the NBA. Monday, I went one and one with my picks. My first pick, I picked the 76ers to beat the Warriors. And I was wrong. I did preface my pick by saying... I think it'll be close. Philadelphia Sixers are big. They're long. They're defensive. I think they can contain Steph Curry, but I wouldn't be opposed to Steph Curry getting hot and shooting lights out because he's been on this torrid stretch. And that's exactly what happened. The Warriors won by 11 because Steph Curry went on a tear, dropped 49 points, hit 10 three-pointers, Basically outplayed the 76ers by himself. Had half their point total, half his point total for his team. He was outstanding. Joel Embiid for the Sixers was solid. 28 points, 13 rebounds, double-double. But Steph Curry was too much on this rapid tear that he was on. The Warriors were too much. They were shooting too well. They were too efficient from the field. 
from three-point land. Uh, both teams were on their game shooting free throws. But surprisingly, Golden State out-rebounded Philadelphia, uh, which I didn't think would happen with the length the Sixers have with Ben Simmons, with Tobias Harris, with Joel Embiid. That was very surprising to me. I didn't believe that. Uh, even with Golden State turning over the ball a few more times, Philadelphia scoring more in transition, fast break points, more or less fouls, I thought Sixers could do it, especially after being up by 12. That was not enough. Golden State came back full force, full force with Steph Curry as he is entering this MVP conversation again late in the season. He was there middle of the season. Now he's re-entering it. Now that his name has been entered twice, he's definitely a top five MVP candidate along with Joel Embiid. So I was wrong on that pick. The pick I was right on was the Utah Jazz beating the Los Angeles Lakers. I thought that would happen because the Lakers just beat the Jazz uh, the day before. The Jazz aren't going to let that happen again. And they didn't. Joe Ingles, hot from three. Mike Conley back. Rudy Gobert back. It was all too much for the Los Angeles Lakers. As they were out-rebounded. Uh, out-everything. Uh, to me, the defense on L.A. just could not stop the Utah offense at all. But I think one positive the Lakers can take away. As they only had 10 turnovers, uh, their turnovers have been really good without LeBron and AD, I believe. So that's something I hope when they come back, they don't play careless and they keep the turnovers to a minimum because that will definitely help you win games. So I got to give the Lakers a lot of credit. Uh, their shooting has to be better. Utah played a great game defensively, even with uh, Talon Horton Tucker getting 24 points. But they kept a lot of them to bay, such as uh, Markeith Morris, Andre Drummond. They all played really solid, uh, but it was a combination of the defense from the Utah Jazz and their offense was just too much for the Lakers to handle. So I will be making two more picks as well as not much happened in the NBA yesterday. A Nets routine win, Clippers routine win. I'm going to be picking two games first, the Suns. In the 76ers, a huge matchup clash. I'm going with the 76ers again. reason I'm going with the 76ers is the Suns just beat the Bucks a couple days ago in overtime. Uh, it, that was a great game. Uh, phenomenal. Devin Booker, Chris Paul, they played great, but it was a big emotional win where 76ers are coming off this upsetting loss to the Warriors in their own building. It's back in their home building where they're one of the best home teams. I think the 76ers exact revenge on a Pacific Division opponent, and they beat the Suns. That's what I believe will happen. Then after that, you have the Grizzlies Clippers, and I'm rolling with the Clippers. Uh, Paul George playing well, but then you have John Morant as well. They're both playing well. I think this game will remain close. As the Clippers played last night, barely eked out a win by a point. So playing on a back-to-back is very, very tough. Uh, 
but I think the Clippers can do it even on a back-to-back. They're 9-1 in their past 10 games. Paul George, I said, is playing great. Marcus Morris is also playing really well. But can these young guys of the Grizzlies, Grayson Allen, John Morant, uh, just get hot enough from downtown uh, to keep them in the game? But I wouldn't be surprised if Grizzlies pulled off an upset, keep it really close, since the Clippers are playing on that said back-to-back. Now moving on to the NHL, where I made, again, one and one of my picks. The first, I was right on the Stars versus the Red Wings. I said the Stars were winners are jockeying for playoff position, and I was right. The Stars won in overtime after an abysmal shootout performance from the Red Wings, uh, other than Dylan Larkin in the shootout. Uh, no electric moves. No, nothing. It was kind of just straight shots from a wet Red Wings. Uh, there was a very, to me, very poor performance in a shootout uh, by both teams. But since the Red Wings lost, I have to give them uh, the worst grade in the shootout. And then with the Flames thotting, flight fighting for a playoff spot, I thought the Calgary Flames would win. However, that was not the case. Ottawa pulled off a win as well, uh, kind of halting that playoff aspiration so I was wrong on that and yesterday the Penguins beat the Devils 7-6 to six. the Penguins were up 6-0 to zero. at one point entering the third period then it was 7-3 and then a ferocious late stage try come back by the Devils made it 7-6 to six. Uh, escaped with a win uh, but the offense looked really good for the Penguins uh, they need to tighten out defensively uh, their forwards as well. And those areas, the Rangers, who are winning a lot of games, again, trying to get the final playoff spot in the East. Uh, their number took a hit yesterday uh, when the Islanders absolutely routed, cruised, beat them bad. That hurt them a lot. It hurt their playoff positioning as they're now six points out. Boston has two games in hand. And Boston's also right there. Uh, you know, they were just down seven points uh, to the Pittsburgh Penguins for a third spot. They're now three points behind the Penguins. This East Division playoff race is really heating up for all seeds, one to four, in the playoffs. So that is definitely something to watch. So with all that in mind, I am now going to give you my top five NHL teams. Number five is the Washington Capitals. Why? Well, simply put, they are best in the East. They've proven they are the best uh, by beating the easier teams, splitting matchups against the tougher teams, a potent power play. Uh, They've been solid, but they have a really tough stretch coming up to prove if they are still number one in the East or not, playing the Islanders three times playing the paying ones a couple of times. Uh, so that will really determine that for them. Number four, the Colorado Avalanche. Why? Well, they were on a three-game winning streak, uh, playing really well. They were connected, but I had to drop them because they are now on a COVID-19 pause. Uh, so who knows, but coming up after their break, they have to play the Golden Knights, who I'll mention them in just a minute. But the Golden Knights are playing extremely well. They're fighting for that number one spot 
in not only the West, but also the league. So that's huge. But this Avalanche team has been playing really, really well recently before their pause. Number three, the Florida Panthers. Why? Well, they've won three in a row. They're second in the Central. They've overcome injuries, injury to their best player, uh, kind of injuries all around to kind of their middle of the ice players. They're coming back and injury coming back. Uh, the Florida Panthers have played really well, especially offensively. Goaltending Sergei Bobrovsky has played well as well. Now they face the Hurricanes, in which will be a battle for first place. That's huge. And that's why, number two, I have the Carolina Hurricanes playing the Panthers to determine the number one spot in the Central. Their best in the Central right now. Winning three out of the past four. Beating teams such as the Lightning. But now, can they beat the Panthers where they both kind of split matchups this year? That will be going down. Number one, though, in the league, to me, far above the rest, is the Vegas Golden Knights riding a five-game winning streak. Best in the league, Mark Stone, Max Pacioretty, on toward, Robin Leonard coming back. But he's not the main guy. Marc-Andre Fleury is a main guy. He's proven that this year. Now they face the Avalanche coming up in a few days. Are we going to keep the number one spot or are they going to move back? That's going to be decided on. So all these huge teams have huge games coming up. A lot of positioning, playoff positioning, standings, implications up. But those are my top five teams in the NHL. The Washington Capitals, the Colorado Avalanche, the Florida Panthers, the Carolina Hurricanes, and the Vegas Golden Knights. Now tonight, I will be picking two games. One is the Predators and the Blackhawks. This is a tough game. To me, this is a must-win for the Blackhawks. Four points out of a playoff game. They have one game in hand against uh, Nashville. But this is one they need to win. They've been streaky lately. Since the trade deadline, they have not won games as they are on a three-game losing streak. But I think they're going to get back on course. I have the Chicago Blackhawks winning today, mainly for my brother, who is a Blackhawks fan. Uh, Try to keep that going for him. Then after that is the Sharks and the Golden Knights. And I don't think the Sharks are stopping the Golden Knights at all. It's going to have to be a team much more better, much more complete than the San Jose Sharks. That's why I have the Vegas Golden Knights winning this game. That's it for the NHL. Now time for some final MLB talk. Yankees are sucking. That's no surprise. Everybody loves it. Mostly everybody loves it. People who hate Yankees, Yankees fans, they're happy about that. Yankees finally won though yesterday off of a poor bullpen game from the Atlanta Braves. Wild pitches and walking people in. That's how they won. But you have a team with such a talented lineup. Uh, John Carlos Stanton, a few seasons removed from hitting like 61 home runs. Uh, Aaron Judge hitting 55 home runs. Uh, DJ LeMay, who batting champion. Glaber Torres hitting over 20 home runs. Same with Aaron Hicks. Uh, Gio Urshela is no slouch at all. 
so really to see this team struggle on offense uh, so much, not help their pitchers out, hurts them because the pitchers, who to me other than Garrett Cole, are all suspect, gets in their heads to not play as well. So this is something Aaron Boone and Cashman both have to fix. But what matchup am I looking forward to tonight? Well, that's the Milwaukee Brewers and the San Diego Padres. Why? Well, this will not be a pitcher's duel. Uh, is the Padres are starting Lamette, who's making his first start for the year. Uh, I forget the starter and how for the Brewers, uh, but he's one and two this year. So to me, this won't be a gem at all by either pitches. This is going to be one uh, by the uh, lineup that you have out there, your batting lineup. And with Christian Yelich still on the IL for the Brewers, 10-day IL, I think the Padres are going to get this one even behind Lamette's first start. So that's it. Other than that, if you're a video game fan, you can play MLB The Show 21 out now on the PS5, PS4, and for the first time ever on Xbox, Xbox Series X, and the Xbox One. Fantastic game. I recommend that. Not only for just baseball fans, uh, but just for game, gamers who like sports games in general. And then you have the Falcon and Winter Soldier season finale on Friday, which will wrap that series up. That'll be fun to watch. A lot of questions to be answered. Who is the power broker? What happens to Zemo? Is that really the end? The Dola Mularje taking him to the raft? What's happening with the Flag Smashers? Uh, John Walker, uh, Madam Hydra, uh, who's Val. Uh, what's going to happen in that episode? A lot of questions to be answered. Hopefully it's hour, hour, 15 long to kind of answer that. Sing the Falcon in his new suit. Don the Shield is Captain America officially now. All that. A lot of exciting things. Sports to watch. Draft coming up. Hope everybody enjoys the rest of your day, enjoy the rest of your week. I'll talk to you guys soon. Bye, everybody.